Dose of Leadership Podcast, Episode 62. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Richard Ryerson. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. First things first, remember this episode is brought to you by my sponsor, Audible.com. I'm a big fan of audiobooks right now. It helps me get caught up in all my reading. I'm a busy man. I've got a full-time job. I do this, and i got four daughters. So Audible.com is a great way to catch up on all your reading. You can go to my website, uh, doseofleadership.com slash audible, and you can download any book that they have, over 100,000 titles, and you can download it to your smart device and get caught up on all your reading. Again, go check out my website, doseofleadership.com slash audible, and get your free book today. I also wanted to tell you that I've been accepted into the John Maxwell Coaching, Speaking, and Teaching Team. I'm halfway through my training. I'll get my certification in August, and uh, you can look right there. I'm starting some mastermind groups, and right now I'm studying or starting a group study on the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John Maxwell. Go check out my website there. You can click on the menu item, the mastermind application. If you're interested in becoming a part of one of these masterminds, fill it out, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Again, again thanks for all your support, and enjoy the interview. Well, please introduce my next guest, business motivational speaker, Lieutenant Colonel Rob Waldo Waldman, the wingman. He's a professional business motivational speaker and author of the New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestseller, Never Fly Solo. He teaches organizations and individuals how to build trusting, revenue-producing relationships with their employees, partners, and customers while sharing his experiences as a combat-decorated fighter pilot and businessman. Rob, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. Great to be here. Well, I'm always excited to talk to fellow aviators. You know, of course, I was a, a tanker pilot. You were a fighter pilot. I, I was in the Marine Corps and did a joint tour at the Air Force. But, uh, you know, I always learned that I didn't realize how much I learned from aviation, flying multi-career aircraft, flying missions with the Marine Corps and the Air Force, how much it taught me about life and business and leadership. Did you have that same experience? Absolutely. As you know, it's a, it's a brotherhood, a sisterhood of men and women who have that same passion, that same drive. You know, you wear the uniform and uh, it, it bonds you. And then you have the culture of the Marines, of the Air Force, and we're all military, but there's a different type of corporate brand, so to speak, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I think when, we, when we're with like-minded individuals who are performance-focused, who want results, who believe in the relationships, we can see how they, they kind of meld in with what we learn in the business world, because at the end of the day, in business and in life, it's about performance, it's about relationships, it's about coming together for a common cause. And that's what I love about the military, and that's obviously what you love about it and why you're doing what you're doing uh, in the leadership space, because you, you do see the difference in, in the similarities as well. You know, a lot of people think that fighter pilot, the fighter pilot mentality, it's a, it's a solo-type environment, but it really isn't. I mean, and I think a lot of misconceptions uh, or bad perceptions about fighter pilots or pilots in general is that they, they fly solo, but your book, Never Fly Solo, it kind of defeats that or it kind of squashes that myth. Talk to me about the wingman concept. Share with us the idea that we learned about in the military, what it meant to have a wingman. Well, it, 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 it did stem from the from the aviation world, and, and in a fighter pilot or any most, uh, you know, combat-related units that fly, you never just go up into an aircraft on your own. You have support uh, uh, 
aircraft in the air, not just other fighter jets, but tankers, like you supported the, the fighter mission, surveillance, airborne warning and control. There's a whole host of other assets in the air that allow that fighter pilot who's essentially dropping bombs on target, hitting a, a specific target or, or defending uh, a high-value resource or asset, we need to build that situational awareness, that 360-degree view of what's going on in the air and on the ground, and you can't do it on your own. And while fighter pilots in general fly in a single-seat aircraft, they're flying by themselves, they're not flying solo. There's mutual support. There's a whole host of other wingmen who get the job done. And uh, if you relate that to life as a business person, as a leader, you may be an entrepreneur uh, working in your home office, uh, maybe with an administrative assistant, but there are other resources, factors, assistance, uh, independent contractors who help you fly, fight, and win and uh, build your situational awareness in the business world. <laughs> Same thing that goes, you know, we could talk about that with a company like Allstate or IBM or Procter & Gamble. Big companies are successful when they leverage the resources and intelligence of their partners, both internally and externally. You know, I really didn't realize how much aviation taught me about life and leadership until I got out of the arena. When I got furloughed from American and I had to work in the corporate arena, it really came clear to me all those concepts I learned about flying aircraft. In my case, flying multi-career aircraft certainly helped. Talk to me about when you kind of became aware that the lessons you learned from flying helped you in the business arena. Oh, man, it was eye-opening, and you, I, I, we both experienced that. When I left active duty, I joined the Reserve. I, I uh, did 11 years in, in the Air Force Reserve. I wasn't flying at that time, but I got my MBA, and I had my first sales job in technology sales. And we were basically a startup company, 100-plus uh, individuals, and we were my, my partner, another individual, and a couple of uh, sales assistants, et cetera. We were uh, headquartered out of Orlando, and I learned that uh, trust and preparation were so critical. A lot of people that I, I, I worked with were flying by the seat of our pants. You know, they were going in there into meetings, uh, starting their day unprepared, uh, and just no vector, no direction to the day. And I think one thing that you and I both know is the discipline, the accountability, the preparation that you need before you strap in and fly an aircraft mission or a business mission. So that was one of the biggest things I learned that differentiated the military from the civilian sector, and I realized that there was a gap there. Yeah. I said, how are these people surviving? How are they able to, to, to win? And so, so uh, it, it was just kind of shocking to me. Because I think at the end of the day, you know, you need to build relationships, but, it, but ultimately you have to really be cognizant and uh, competent of your business, of the processes, of all the things that are necessary to go on to succeed. Um, and I just found that pretty shocking that people were, uh, were flying by the seat of their pants many times, you know? Yeah, you know, and I think one thing, too, I think – talk to me about the perception of you know, mission preparedness, getting ready for the mission and flying. There's this, there's this idea that – Everything, especially being a fighter pilot, has to go by the book, and everything is is has to be picture perfect. I would imagine, and I know my experience is I've never had a perfect flight. I've never had a perfect mission. But the preparation helped you when the inevitable unforeseen crops up. Would you agree with that? I mean, all that preparation, you never had a perfect mission, did you? Absolutely not. You know, you always 
were walking out the door with a plan in case a, a contingency occurred. And when, when we get become MR, and you're familiar with that expression, MR is mission ready. Right. Before you strap in to fly, or even before you get ready to fly in, in, uh, in your unit's aircraft, you have to get this MR certification, meaning you understand the regulations, the standards, the procedures, the processes, and the tactics of that particular unit. You get that stamp of approval, now you're cleared to go fly. But before every mission, in order to ensure the, the, the maximum possibility of things going as well as possible, and like you said, they don't always go perfectly by any stretch, is that mission briefing is so critical. It sets the tone of the mission, it makes sure that everybody in the formation, all the wingmen, understand the objectives, establish uh, standards, they, they gather the latest, greatest intelligence on the threat, on the team, the weather, the operations, uh, because yesterday's intel is no longer good today. We have to be up to date, up to speed on what's important today, in particular with the threat, because that's always changing. And, and then the last thing you do before you walk out the door, and you can relate to this, Richard, is you, you contingency plan. You ask yourself, what if? What if we're flying along and the tanker is not there? They got, they got shot down or had to go to an alternate route because the weather was bad. Right. What if we have an emergency on our aircraft? What are the nearest airfields? Uh, who's going to take over if the, sh the flight lead has an emergency and or gets shot down? So we go through the likely scenarios, the what ifs, we come up with a plan, we walk out the door confident in the ability to execute in case the mission uh, has this contingency that occurs. Now, you can't cover every contingency, but if you cover the most likely ones, you walk out of the door confident, prepared, and confidence builds trust. It allows you to handle adversity with more uh, less anxiety. And I think if you relate this to the business world, in sales, in leadership, all the potential contingencies that can go on, and you don't fly by the seat of your pants, it's going to build more confidence in you, and confidence sells in the world today. It sells ideas, it sells relationships, and gets people more loyal, and it sells, uh, sells uh, business contracts where people sign up and pay you to continue to serve them with your services and products. Yeah. I think one thing, too, that I learned so much is that the, the military in general, and particularly flying aircraft, taught me learn how to compartmentalize, especially in a crisis situation. You know, leaders are made or broken during crisis, and we've, we've seen that in our experiences as well. Relate to me a little bit how much you learned about Do you, you know, what do you think about or your military training, your fighter pilot experience, how it helped you compartmentalize during stressful times? Oh yeah, that's that's a, a key factor. You know, there's a lot to lot to uh, multitasking. You know, but sometimes you got to boil down to the fundamentals to land your aircraft or deal with a, a crisis. Uh, as you go back to that contingency plan, Richard, you know, we talked about chair flying and rehearsing mm -hmm. all the calls and emergencies. This is where the wingmen come in because you can't do everything on your own, right. and during crisis, a great leader delegates and or have a plan prior to that emergency. You handle the radio calls. You make sure the weather's good. Uh, uh, you start coordinating ground operations and emergencies uh, uh, procedures on the ground. So we have this role, these pre-planned uh, uh, mission responsibilities, so that it will allow you as the fighter pilot, as the engaged wingman, the one that's dealing with the crisis, to do the most important thing, which is to handle the emergency, 
put out the fire, restart the engine, land the jet, right? So, so compartmentalizing is only effective when you have others responsible for doing their role. And, and this is so critical. So if you even look at an, uh, a major organization, let's say Mass Mutual, they have their, their front-running salespeople, they have their contracts team, they have their IT wingmen, i.e. if the website goes down, right, who's, how, how are people going to update their policies or how are they going to be found on a search engine if somebody's looking for a, a whole life policy, et cetera. So, so all those different folks are necessary to, to, to build a situational awareness and allow you to focus on the most important objective of that sale, of that emergency, of that client relationship issue, et cetera. Tell me a little bit about what were some of your, your most stressful missions or mission or the, the one that really stands out? Well, I, I had uh, one particular mission. I've had a bunch of missions where I was shot at in combat in, in Serbia in particular against Milosevic in the mid, mid to late 90s, which was pretty intense. Um, but one mission, I had four surface-to-air missiles locked, uh, locked and launched on oh, my man. aircraft. And uh, we, we ha- I had another wingman, uh, Pigpen was his call sign, just a great dude, and he shot a harm missile, a high-speed anti-radiation missile into a radar site that was locked on me that was trying to shoot me down. And it really emphasizes the, the critical component of mutual support and having mm-hmm. somebody that cross-checks your blind spots, which we can talk about here in a moment. But um, the biggest thing for me, Richard, that a lot of people aren't familiar with, and I don't know if you can even get it from my website, was the fact that I overcame massive claustrophobia right, and yeah. panic attacks, right? Yeah. And, and you know, when you go through life and you experience things, and, you know, you have internal missiles and struggles and fears and doubts. And three years into my 11-year flying career, I almost died in a scuba diving accident. And long story short, it brought out this latent claustrophobia, this mm. hidden fear that it only reared its ugly head when I, when I was flying a couple of days after that, that, that scuba diving incident. And so... For the next eight years of my 11-year flying career, I had to deal with this internal fear. I'm flying the F-16, I'm living my dream, I'm doing the coolest job in the world, but there were times when in the weather or flying at night or during stressful situations, I had these micro-panic attacks that I was able to focus in on and kind of breathe through, and it never impacted my ability to get the job done, and if it did, I'd have to turn myself in, but bottom line is I couldn't share with anybody, and it took an inordinate amount of focus and concentration and prayer and self-discipline to break through that fear barrier so that I could still perform. So when we look at life as, as business leaders, as executives, as salespeople, as entrepreneurs struggling through the missiles of adversity and life and family issues and health problems and, and fears of rejection and losing and going out of business or letting down our boss or not getting promoted or whatever, it's just normal to have those fears. We can't be Mr. or Mrs. Top Gun all the time, the flawless, you know, iron man of steel or woman of steel. So, so acknowledging those fears and obstacles Realizing that it's normal, but doing whatever you can to break through them and still perform, that's the sign of a, a warrior and a champion, and it's humbling. Uh, but, but having wingmen in your life that can help you to overcome those, those, uh, those fears is, is one of the things that I talk about in my, my programs 
and also one of the things that I think is critical to me being a relative success in my life right now. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that there's this, this myth out there. We always try to think we need to have all the answers. We need to do everything by ourselves. And the reality is you can't. And one of the great things about this podcast and all the people that I've talked to, and they've all said the same thing, is that you cannot do this alone. And I think that's a true mark of courage, like you said, and confidence if you can admit, like you said, that you can't do this alone, that you need to reach out and ask for help, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I have a saying, you survive solo, but you win with wingmen. Oh, yeah, I like that. We're, 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 you know, we're pretty easy to survive. We can all survive on our own. For the most part, you know, we can do the basics, fundamentals, but to truly achieve greatness, to break out barriers, to reach new heights, and to stretch our abilities and our businesses and our relationships, having those wingmen are, are critical. And this is why I think the key here to, to this whole conversation is ultimately... How do you create environments where you feel comfortable going to somebody for help? Yeah. Right? Right? The yeah. Mayday, when, you, when you're having that emergency, who is on my team when I call out Mayday? I need help. And that is really, that's when you know who a wingman is. And also, if you're the type of person who others can come to for help, if you're the go-to gal or the go-to guy, when people call out Mayday, I have this problem, you know, if you're in business, hopefully they'll pay you to solve their problem. It's called value, right? Mm. And then also in that personal lives, I think, Richard, you can appreciate it because you seem like a really good guy. It's it's like, hey, man, am I going to turn somebody away who, who needs help and there's nothing in it for me other than just the, just, just the ability to, to, to help somebody and lift them out of the dungeon that, where they're currently at? To, to break new, to break their barriers, and I think philanthropy and our personal lives and who we help, and being the wingman to those in need is is, is really important. I believe in, in that uh, in that philanthropic portion. That doesn't necessarily mean giving the charity, but maybe helping out that young kid or coaching that that peer who's having some difficulties in their business or in their life. You know, you're talking to a lot of organizations out there and folks. I mean, you're out there on the front lines. What do you see as the biggest? Uh, maybe leadership deficit or the biggest leadership fl- um, lack of leadership that you see out there? Well, you know, I, I really think that some of these leaders fail to, to, to connect. There's this image that a leader, an executive, has to be, like we mentioned before, you know, uh, flawless, uh, you know, this, this, this behind this iron curtain, and, and really invincible, you know, the, the man or woman that, 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 that doesn't have any problems. I think being more authentic, being more compassionate, revealing some of their, their challenges, and also getting, you know, staying visible with their team. Get out there, walk the flight line, connect with your folks. I work with a big oil and gas company in, in, in a major city, and I spoke to the, all the employees, a couple thousand people. We did like a bunch of seminars during the week, Richard. And the old CEO, he, he was with him for like 20 or 30 years. Some of the people said you would meet him in the elevator and he wouldn't even acknowledge you. Wow. <laughs> like he was the CEO, you were the administrative assistant or the, 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 you know, the marketing admin person. He would bet and he didn't know how to have a conversation mm. and they never they never saw him. And then they had this new uh, CEO take over, and she was familiar with me, and she brought me in, and she's like, look, we have to shift this perception. I want them to know that I want to be their wingman. It's going to take time uh, and effort and, and trust building, but you have to be visible as a leader. You've got to connect. You've got to talk to your folks. Uh, make sure they're hearing the good news and the bad news from you. And 
we have a commander's call. I'm sure they had in the Marines when the, the executive, the CEO, the, the squadron commander would come out once a month and say, all right, folks, here we are. Everybody's together. The admins, the intelligence, the maintainers, the fighter pilots, et cetera. And let's talk about what's going on. Let's see, let's see where we're going, what we're doing, what our next deployment is. These are our challenges. This is what's changing. And uh, people feel a lot more confident in the leader when they hear change and updates coming from him or her rather than through a memo. Right. Yeah, it's always amazing to me that uh, you talk about uh, the walking around and, and not interacting with the folks is so common. It's probably one of the most common complaints that I've seen in the corporate arena. And you think back to all those great leaders that you remember that stick out. They're the ones that came by your desk, and they didn't have to be very long. It was two minutes, three minutes, and they just it just casual conversation, but it makes a huge impact. And, and it's such an easy thing to do, but I don't know why more people don't do it. I know, I know, and sometimes the easiest things to do, like they say, I think Jim Rohn said, the easiest things to do are the easiest things not to do, right? right? If it's so easy to do, it's so easy to blow off. Speaking of that, I, I flew with this guy, uh, Mike Dick Gates, his call sign was Dog, he was uh, my commander, uh, and he actually works for Lockheed Martin now over in England, and uh, long story short, every time he saw me, he'd say, where's Waldo? <laughs> Kind of joking around. I'm like, yeah, I'd never heard that before. Right. Oh, yeah, very funny, right? And and for a minute or maybe ten minutes, he was focused on the most important wingman there was, and that was me. Yeah. No, no greater wingman in your life is yourself, and I, I mean that, and I say that personally. We have to be in touch with ourselves, confident, uh, fulfilled, uh, in good health, and and trust that we're going to do the right thing. But having a leader who understands that that. You have your goals and objectives, and once they tap into that, you know, and they support your vision as a leader, you know, what you want to do with your life, where you want to go, if I feel that, that you know, and Dog showed me that he supported that, I was more apt to support his vision, which yeah. was to make sure that we had, you know, we had our jets flying and hitting the targets and doing what we needed to do. Yeah, I love that. Hey, in the remaining time that we have, let's talk about the genesis of Never Fly Solo, your top-selling book there. Um What's its target? Talk about some of the seven rules in your book there and, and, and talk about the genesis of the book. Well, I, I wrote it a few years ago uh, as, as, a, as a way to give more value to my clients. I do a lot of keynotes and half-day workshops on leadership and performance, mostly with a sales focus uh, to clients. And then the book is just a conglomeration of, of the things I learned in the Air Force and in the business world, uh, such as integrity, uh, service, uh, communication, you know, you know, staying visible with your wingman. I have a, a chapter called Lose Sight, Lose Fight, staying visible with your team. Uh, another chapter on chair flying, which is about sitting in a chair and rehearsing all your contingencies. We talked about that before. Um, I talk about overcoming fear, et cetera. So, so you know, the book is, is a really good summary of, of all those principles with really good anecdotes and, and specific uh uh, uh, takeaways that the, that the reader can can work work on to improve, but it's really about how to lead with courage and build those partnerships so that when challenge comes, you have people on your team, uh, uh, and in your personal life to help you uh, deal with it. And uh, you know, a lot of my programs are based on that book, and uh, it's been it's been great. It's been great. I'm curious about to especially talk to another former military member about the whole concept of accountability. I've had probably outside of the military, I've I've been in arguments with with folks about this in the civilian corporate arena. The difference between account, accountability and responsibility, and I always equated it to, to flying. When I was an aircraft commander, I was accountable for everything that happened in the mission, but I had a whole bunch of functional responsibility in that aircraft. If I had a navigator, for example, before we had GPS. 
and and my internal navigation units failed, and he had to sell shot his way to Hawaii, and we don't get there. Even though he functionally failed his responsibility, I'm still held accountable. I think you understand that concept come from the military, but talk to me about if you've seen that, the difference between, or what do you think the difference between accountability and responsibility are? Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's a really good point. And uh, I, I always say you don't want to outsource your accountability, meaning, meaning as soon as somebody says you're responsible for that, uh, you know, you you got to get that. You, you didn't remind me to do that. You were supposed to be my wingman, my buddy. You didn't remind me to get this job done or get that paperwork in on time. So, so in, in essence, we all have to be accountable, and we have other accountability partners. But ultimately, the buck stops with you when it comes to you getting the job done, and that's what real full accountability is. We all have our responsibilities, but ultimately, the the accountability is really about who is fundamentally responsible for the end result. And you are, on, are fundamentally responsible for the end result. As the flight lead, as the commander of your, of your aircraft in the C-130 or the 135, you as the aircraft commander had, are fully responsible for those results. And what that does is it, 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 it commands you, it doesn't demand you, it commands you to make sure that your team is prepared, your team is disciplined, your team is motivated and mission ready to go because you know the buck stops with you. Yeah. And there are no excuses with that. And I think a lot of folks say, well, you didn't remind me. Or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you, you're on my team, and you, you should have told me to do this and that. It, it's just uh, it's not the sign of a, of a true leader. Yeah. Uh, somebody ultimately has to be the final authority. And there's a lot of tragedy out there, as you know, that some folks, you know, they, they're the flight lead, but if somebody did something stupid, you know, uh, like, for example, General McChrystal, he was the leader of that unit over there in Afghanistan, and yep. his team did something that was wrong, but he knew that as the commander, the buck stopped with him, yeah. and he, he sucked it up and dealt with the consequences. Well, Waldo, I know you got a tight schedule here, and I appreciate you taking the time to, to, to out of your busy schedule to talk with me today and, and talk with us about your leadership and your experiences. Where can people find you and get in touch with you? Uh, my website's yourwingman.com, www.yourwingman.com, and there's information on my book, my seminars, and if you, people want to sign up for a newsletter and get some Top Gun tactics on, on building a business, uh, there's a there's a sign-up sheet there. They'll get a PDF mailed to them with that. Uh, but that's uh, the uh, the quickest and easiest way to find me. Perfect. You know, I'm a big fan, Waldo. I'll do everything I can to support you and, and highlight what you're doing out there. I'll have all these links to the post when I get this posted here in the next day or so. Thanks for coming on the show. I really do appreciate it. Uh, absolutely. And it was great getting to know you as well. It's, as a fellow aviator, as a fellow soldier who's going, going, going on to this as well, I appreciate what you do. I'm trying to make a difference with your folks. And, and uh, I'd love to attend one of your seminars too and maybe interview in the future because I'm sure you have a lot of great stuff to share as well, bro. All right. Thanks, Waldo. I appreciate it. Thank you. You got it. God bless. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership ebook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com.